0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children
2: love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
3: Welcome back. To the Eater Upsell, we are a podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network, and I am so excited today because I, Daniel Janine, a producer, am in the studio with Amanda Clute, the editor-in-chief of Meter.com, and my co-host for this podcast.
1: Every week on this show, we talk about the best food stories or the most interesting or weirdest or wackiest food stories of the week.
3: The ones that we feel like we can squeeze the most juice out of. Yeah,
1: we've got we've got birds. Dying. What is that in oh. Olive Fields? I don't even this week? know about this one, so I'm I really know. excited. Get excited. We got a crazy Kim Kardashian tweet with all kinds of reactions to it.
3: There's a there's been another water bottle in Game of Thrones. Oh but boy! Spoiler. I don't care, so I don't even think that one's going to make the show. Maybe
1: don't put it in the intro then, bud. Oh, well, you know, this
3: is a new format and we're (laughs) adapting. We
1: got milkshakes. We got got so much to talk about. We even have
3: reader emails at the end. Oh,
1: we have a reader email at the end. So stay until the very end to hear our reader email.
3: Before we get to that, if you like the program, it would be amazing if you could rank us or rank us. Rank us. Create a list and rank us. There's two
1: of us. (laughs) <laughs> rank, 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 us. rank us.
3: Send us an email with us ranked. And uh, but if you do that, if you want to do that, which would be embarrassing and, and <laughs> challenging for us, then also make sure to subscribe and rate the show and give us a comment. And then yeah, go ahead and you know uh, ruin our friendship by telling us who it is. You won't ruin uh, anything.
1: We'll survive.
3: Uh, okay, should we should we jump Let's right do on into it? Let's do it. Daniel. Yo.
1: I read a story this week that I really enjoyed, and I didn't want you to read it because I want you to hear about it live on the air. Are you ready?
3: My laptop is closed. I am all ears and mouth.
1: Okay. Headline from Munchies. Millions of birds are vacuumed to death every year for our martini olives. No. Yes! No. It's true.
3: Vacuumed to death.
1: Vacuumed to death.
3: okay, well, all right, you might as well go. I want to ask infinite questions, but you might as well just go. Tell me about, Okay. how are they vacuumed?
1: In Portugal and Spain, Every year, more than two <laughs> millions two million birds a year are literally sucked out of trees and killed yeah. by the machinery used to harvest olives. And it is because it's easier to harvest the olives at night mm. and it fucks with them. And they get sucked into the vacuum that suck up the olives. What
3: is the olive vacuum? It's just the thing that goes through the trees? Yeah, I guess oh, it goes through sleeping. the tree.
1: And they're well, they're up there and there are lights. Yeah. And the lights freak them out and they don't know what's going on. And then they like end up getting in the vacuum.
3: Oh man. So there yeah. is
1: So here, let me tell you, the okay. olive season stretches from October through January and unfortunately overlaps with the migration patterns of millions of birds who seek out the warmer climates in those countries. Olives have a better flavor if they're harvested at night Mm. when the temperatures are cooler, which is tragically bad news for the birds who tend to sleep in those trees. Mm. So the machinery is fine if used during the day as the birds are able to see and escape while they are operating. However, during the night, they use very strong lights, which confuse the birds and lead to their death as they are sucked in by the tractor."
3: Oh, wow, so, uh, <laughs> because this is a, Amanda's face that she just made there after finishing this thing. After <laughs> just, I go, ah, was just like, it so, just, just such a big, so big shitty grin.
1: And terrible. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. a terrible story. Well,
3: I mean, it's gonna, it adds new, uh, you know, it adds new meaning to an extra dirty martini. Oh, no. Uh, well, I, I think that's so sad. And mm-hmm. I like that it's like, so they don't have to do it at night, but it works better at night?
1: The It's better to Pick the olives when it's cooler than Uh, when it's very hot.
3: So it's cooler at night. It's cooler. Mm
1: -hmm. The birds affected include several different warblers, thrushes, wagtails, and finches, as well as the common robin.
3: I think the thing that's interesting to me is that there's like, there is a specific maybe 100 or whatever, 200 or 1,000 people who are olive harvesters. I mean, first of all, this stuff's probably automated. The machines are getting rid of the birds, but somewhere there is huge piles of dead birds. And only tins of martini olives to show, to show for it. <laughs> it's a really sad trade off, you know, because like the olives don't seem like olives and birds. They don't really have an association at all. Yeah, you know. So like, if you are if you are catching anchovies or something, and there's like a dolphin in the net, like that's sad. But like, I get it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that this is just like hotel bar martini olives, though.
1: What? (laughs) Why?
3: You said, so martini olives, that's a kind of olive? No,
1: martini is just how Munchies is trying to sell the story.
3: Let's leave it at martini olives, though, because I don't like dirty martinis, so no, I, I don't want to really kill birds. No, I really do
1: think it's just any, all the olives like in the Spain and Portugal. Like the Whole
3: bar olives? Mm-hmm. In Portugal, the Institute
1: bar? for Nature, Conservation, and Forests estimates that an average of 6.4 birds are killed in every hectare
3: of olive what? groves. Do you think the vacuum makers feel any guilt for no. this? No. <laughs> Light makers? <laughs> so it's just industrial olives.
1: Industrial olives from Portugal Well, Spain. I
3: don't support big olive to begin. With. Good. I never have. Yeah. You can go back in the records of this show. I'm always very <laughs> anti big olives.
1: You're always big into the expensive <laughs> Italian olive oil.
3: What if they're pitted?
1: What? <laughs> you seem more upset than I am.
3: I'm sad about it.
1: I think it's a delightful story.
3: Wait, you think it's a delightful story? <laughs>
1: no, I mean it's a terrible story. It's birds die. It's just like
3: You think it's so
1: funny. I think it's I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> So many horrors of the world you really see coming.
3: Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, Amanda, what if you got a pitch that was like. uh, So, hi, Amanda. Like, we're. My name is Daniel Janine, and I'm starting a charity. I don't know if you know this, but there are two million birds every year that are caught in vacuums um, by big olive oil. And, you know, they're including the wild uh, woolabard. variety Mm -hmm. of the, you know, Egyptian Sparrow, and uh, we would love for you to come speak at our event. We have a silent auction. It's... uh, (laughs) It's August fifteenth. We need three hours of your time. You know, they would just be people would really, really happy to be there. And you know, we'll have some of the uh, some of the most famous uh, individual family family run olive oil purveyors from like Portugal and.
1: That sounds delicious, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, are you game? <laughs> no, but I would give them. I would give them a retweet.
3: No, you wouldn't. I
1: would give them a retweet. They're trying to save some birds.
3: Wow. I think the story. you're trying to save your face no, now.
1: I think the story is hilarious. I don't think birds should die. I just think the juxtaposition and the surprise, as a reader of media all day, it's nice to get a little giggle. Like, who was expecting that?
3: <laughs> what if they were bats instead what of birds? What a funny
1: twist. <laughs> bats would be, um, I think, less fun. Because they're they're a little more villainous. You're like, oh yeah, of course bats get caught in the vacuums, <laughs> but little tiny sparrows <laughs> like,
3: oh jeez,
1: so sweet.
3: <laughs> also, what do you imagine the vacuum looks like? Do you think it's just like a a tube vacuum and it's like a handheld thing? Probably.
1: We we could look it up.
3: Not just a a massive like spinning. It could be. We should
1: we should look this up. <laughs> See, now you're into it.
3: <laughs> uh, it's the the most upsetting thing for for me here is that uh, I haven't seen pre- preserved sparrow in olive oil on the market yet. And Ew.
1: <laughs> okay, so this week Kim Kardashian West tweeted, "Hey, Jack in the Box, I have a serious complaint, but I won't fully put you on blast. Check your corporate email inbox or send me a DM with direct person." For my team to contact Pronto, exclamation point. Kim, she's just tweeting at Jack in the Box. Something happened. Who knows? Of course, because all food brands are thirsty motherfuckers. Wow. Every one of them responded to her tweet. Like she's just saying, Hey, Jack in the Box, reach <laughs> out. I got something to tell you. And all these other ridiculous brands tweet <laughs> at her. So hooters, not a, a good day to be Jack. <laughs> um shake shack just with the eye am um, eyes emoji burger king said jack in the box to the principal's office mm-hmm. wendy says but like who even goes there wow Carl's jr psalm 520 thou shalt not go to jack in the box
3: yeah that's and Steakums, Not um close to funny
1: kim why are you going to jack in the box lol
3: also. None of these yeah. are
1: good. None of these are funny. Why Which is f- are pick they the funniest doing this?
3: one? What's the funniest one?
1: None of them are funny. Came
3: to the principal's office or Jack in the no. box the principal's office?
1: Eyes, I guess. Eyes. The is eyes? the funniest, yeah. Yeah. I mean eyes is my favorite emoji, so Really? Yeah. I that's the one I use the Better most.
3: than the like questioning face with the I hand on the chin. I don't questioning
1: What what is the What is that it's one just called? Like, Question hmm. face?
3: Yeah, it's like the hmm face. Uh,
1: no, eyes is my go-to, so I'm down with shake Shack, but like all of them just like lay off,
3: guys. Could, uh, is there a world where you would have appreciated a funny response to this?
1: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, there <laughs> is. There's what? always a
3: joke to be made.
1: About her just being annoyed at Jack in the Box? I'll I'm trying to what's... see if there's any funny responses in this.
3: No. Okay, so no. But so like
1: you... a lot of these, you know, these brands are getting dragged and then they get back in there and are arguing with these people on the thread. It's like, guys. <laughs> Let it go.
3: Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's just like a constant thing now. It is funny seeing all of the reactions in one picture together. And then it's just like, this is what social media is.
1: This is what social media has become. It's very ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Do you think that any of the heads of these companies like see this thing from their kids being like hey look you're in this silly aggregate list of all the dumb responses to Kim what do you think about this dad slash mom like the like, kid. do you think Danny Meyer is going and being like hey can you tell them to settle down
1: could you just not with the emoji you're like the CMO <laughs> of Burger King like they're teenagers like mom could you
3: hey,
0: you guys are a, mom this, you're this so cringe
1: <laughs> you're embarrassing uh, which I think brings us to another story Vita right? Coco. Yeah, yeah, about how—we th- had an a <laughs> article on the site last week about how—just how—like, this kind of behavior, just how thirsty brands are and how ridiculous it's getting. Uh, Greg Morbido, who's been on the show before, uh, has written it. And the, the title was, Food Brand Thirst is an All-Time High on Twitter um, because they're just doing the craziest stuff. Like, IHOP did that— <laughs> Tweet on Mother's Day with a sonogram of pancakes, and said, "If you have pancakes in your tum tum, does that make you a pancake mum mum? It's just so <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> bad." And so then, right after he published that, came this Vita Coco story. Do you want to explain it?
3: Sure. Uh, I mean, very quickly, uh, somebody, 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 somebody named Tony Posn- Posnanski, Tony Poznanski talked shit about coconut water. Said. F that, save that shit for someone else. I would rather drink your social media person's piss than coconut water.
1: Well, he tweeted, first was just complaining about coconut water. Vita Coco got in his mentions yeah. and was like, oh, let us send you our version that you're going to love. We promise you're going to love it. Yeah. He said, I would rather drink your piss.
0: Social you media social
1: media person who's tweeting at me right now. I would rather drink your piss. Yeah. Which like, whoa, dude. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, but then how did they respond? Tony Poznanski. Well, let's
3: stop Tony Posnansky, Very ridiculous response. What an angry tweeter. Yeah, so intense. Oof. Um, Vita Coco responds with an just just the question address question mark with an image of the supposed social media person. Confirmed social media confirmed person confirmed, confirmed social media person in their bathroom holding a glass jar. A large glass jar labeled Vita Coco, filled with what looks like urine.
1: They have said it is indeed urine.
3: She confirmed to our reporter mm-hmm. that it is indeed urine. Uh, implication being, she was going to mail the man her urine.
1: Yes, <laughs> this is this is where we've gotten in social media exchanges between brands and people.
3: It seems to me the internet reacted to this one with the feeling that this was so over the top. <laughs> it was kind of funny.
1: I think a lot of people thought that it went too far. <laughs>
3: well, I think a lot of people were like <laughs> legitimately appalled. An issue I have with this one specifically, and it's worth looking up the picture, is that uh, coconut water has a urine hue to it. So her holding up the glass jar uh-huh. that says Vita Coco with her urine in it, it's like that could just be the coconut water.
1: Yeah, it does. It does remind you how um, vile coconut water is. You think it's vile? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay. Um Please bet it, Coco don't send me anything. Her, it's <laughs> yellow, though. This this jar is full of yellow pee. <laughs> what do you I think, wouldn't think What do you that think that of the look of water. her?
3: What do you think of her face?
1: Uh, like, kind of victorious. You know, kind of smug.
3: Yeah, it's like, I feel like, like you it's wanna, in like, like uh, I
1: think one funny response I was watching internally was um, from our social media team. Watching internally? Sorry. one Amanda Clue. <laughs> One response that I enjoyed uh, that I editor saw, in chief in the
3: high castle that I
1: saw on Slack was our social media people saying that you know what you would not understand this if you are not a social media person. <laughs> 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 like if you had to deal with what we have to deal with day in day out, you would also piss in a jar and send it to someone.
3: Uh, are you more or if you had to drink a coconut water now, w- would you be more likely to go with Vita Coco?
1: I don't think this influences my my coconut water decision.
3: This makes me less interested in Vita Coco because it makes me think that they don't they don't value their end-to-end production in a in an artisan like they don't consider what they're doing an artisanal craft.
1: Because they while also went their wild bathrooms are not
3: cute. Like their so bathrooms whose are bathrooms
1: are cute. Our well, bathrooms are not cute.
3: Our bathroom No, no, I know, but eh, you're right. This looks exactly like our bathroom. It looks that. like
1: any office bathroom.
3: But it's like a straight up office. Like there's not. This is not. You a, think they're
1: on a a jungle a coconut in the jungle? in the jungle? You think the social media people are in the jungle?
3: <laughs> I just expect what kind them of all, fantasy do you have about the foods that you consume? They're all in, the, the they're all in Panama or something. <laughs> yeah, I expected her to have it, like a big hatchet on her on her you know waist, just ready to go. They do the morning cutting. This down This seems coconuts. like a Dan problem.
1: <laughs> We've got a story out of the UK this week, and it involves politics and milkshakes.
3: Basically, what's going on here is how long ago did this start? Two weeks? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, a politician, a, a right-wing Brexit toting politician, was nailed by a milkshake, mm-hmm. uh, and by a man who said he was just carrying it, and he happened—it happened to be yeah. what he had, right? And
1: the, the guy was pissing him off, so he threw the milkshake. Nailed them at with the milkshake. him with a milkshake. Yeah.
3: Right. It went viral online, mm-hmm. and then later that day, the got politician hit. got hit with another one. Another one. And then the milkshake became a sign of the revolution.
1: It sure did. And other right-wing Brexiteers have been getting hit by milkshakes ever since.
3: And it's it's pretty great.
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's interesting for a number of reasons. One, why the milkshake, and two... Um, There's kind of a funny fast food response to it.
3: Okay, I don't know what the fast food response is. All right, so first let's let's talk
1: about why the milkshake.
3: uh, The Times put out an article, I believe it was on yesterday, where they actually interviewed a professor of European politics at the London School of Economics (laughs) who said in an email that the strong visual impact was important. The recipient looks ridiculous and it debunks the politician's aura. The attacker is saying, You don't represent me with your darker side of politics. That's a read into it. Uh, that's a read.
1: The other one is that the alt right has taken up milk as one of their symbols as mm. a representation of whiteness and purity. And so throwing the milk back at them yeah, to yeah. make them look silly. Right. People it's, are saying that that's one of the reasons why people are glomming onto the milkshake idea.
3: My take is, it, is it's, it's viscous, it's a thick thing, mm-hmm. it's as bad as an egg to get hit with. Yep. And there's something. There's something funny about it's it. It's sillier
1: some... than an egg. It yeah. feels less violent than an egg. Like yeah. hitting someone with an egg seems like pretty violent.
3: You have to really plan it.
1: There's some comedy to the milkshake. Almost and like carrying a cream an egg cream around pie. is so lame. Yeah, it could break in your pants. Uh, you they're... could drink some of the milkshake.
3: <laughs> I'm sure they do.
1: Yeah, easy to get.
3: I a would milkshake. love that. I'm not the kind of person who would hit a politician with a milkshake. But I'm also not the kind of person who would order a milkshake. It's just like... It's just it's it's too much in one cup, mm-hmm. and I'd rather eat the dessert. I mean, you know, yeah. but that's not this story. Yeah. Uh, but if I was going to do it, I'd for sure drink probably half of it. Yeah, you,
1: you get to have some first. <laughs>
3: I'd enjoy it. There was a great article from the Times, a right-wing publication. Great article. A guy named Hugo Rifkin. Uh, the first the first line of it is. Uh, first a second, it's, it's hard to say precisely why eggs have now been usurped as the flying political projectile of choice, although I suppose it's always possible that millennials simply don't know where to buy them. Wow. Burn. Wow.
1: I mean, old millennials are almost 40.
3: It's just like the <laughs> millennial jokes are always so lame.
1: Young millennials. How yeah. old's a young millennial? 25? Uh, you think they don't know how to buy eggs?
3: Yeah, good Good one. Mr. Rifkin. Another really funny part of this is Nigel Farage was... Uh,
1: Who's like one of the most famous Brexiteers.
3: Big time Brexiteer. Uh, was <laughs> was hit with one recently and there was a video of it. And in the video he yells at his... Uh, it's probably his security detail yeah. saying, I could have spotted that one a mile <laughs> off.
1: Yeah, call them big failures. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> but the idea though that he is conscious of the milkshake attacks... Adds another layer to this, like, you know, they're gonna have a conversation where he's like, "Guys, you know, I'm gonna be milkshaked. I'm. There's going to be milkshake attackers out there. I mean, so keep an eye out for 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 big milkshake cups."
1: There's a headline today that about him. He was trapped on a bus yesterday (laughs) because of the threat of being milkshaked. While campaigning in Rochester <laughs> ahead of tomorrow's European Parliament elections, according to Kent Live, a couple of guys armed with milkshakes led Farage to hide on his campaign bus, according to the bus driver. The driver added, the police are there, we've spotted them, and now Nigel isn't getting off the bus. <laughs> Repeat, Nigel is staying on the bus. You want to tell everybody what happened with the police and McDonald's?
3: Yeah, this is part two of the story. Uh, the police requested that the McDonald's in Edinburgh... Stop selling milkshakes for the day. Yeah. While uh, while Mr. Farage had a rally.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> McDonald's cannot sell milkshakes. Oh, around, they can't. Well, they they've been asked not to, and so they aren't. They aren't. Yeah. They there are signs at the McDonald's around Edinburgh saying, "Sorry, we are not, we're not selling milkshakes or ice cream desserts at this time." Yeah. Uh,
3: I guess McDonald's is guess, not part of the revolution. Guess who
1: got into the mix. Burger King. The
3: tweeters?
1: (laughs) No, Burger King.
3: Oh, and they are? Burger
1: King tweeted, after saying that McDonald's had given into this request, (laughs) Burger King tweeted, Dear people of Scotland, we're selling milkshakes all weekend. Have fun. Love BK. Hashtag just saying. Wow. Yep. But then. (laughs) There's a then? uh Uh-huh. Oh my God, I don't even know this. They had to walk it back a little bit. And they said they responded to their original tweet and said, "We never endorse violence or wasting our delicious milkshakes!" Exclamation point. So enjoy the weekend and please drink responsibly, people.
3: Yes, you did. <laughs> like, that's exactly <laughs> what you were implying. <laughs> yeah,
1: you were saying, Just "Hey,
3: saying if you need a milkshake to hurl at someone,
1: we've got you."
3: Stop over at BK.
1: Actually, please don't throw our milkshakes. <laughs>
3: uh, next up, cool story. Coming out of, uh, another English story, coming out of Manchester, Hmm. a restaurant accidentally gave a table of customers a 4,500 pound, uh, 4,500 pound, like Great Britain pound, Mm -hmm. (laughs) bottle of wine. Let's use quid, 4,500 quid (laughs) bottle of wine, Uh instead of the 260 quid bottle of wine that they had ordered. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oops. <laughs>
3: That's the hot take. Uh, have you heard of anything like this before? They tweeted something kind of fun. What'd they tweet? To the customer who accidentally got uh, given a bottle of Chateau Le Pin Pomerol 2001, which is 4500 on our menu last night. Hope you enjoyed your evening. To the member of staff who accidentally gave it away, chin up. One-off mistakes happen anyway. Or one-off mistakes happen, and we love you anyway.
1: Kind of a nice tweet. That's generous. Yeah. I thought it'd be like to the staffer.
3: Uh, please report to the principal's office. See you never. Yeah. Like goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Uh. I, you know, that's that's what we call that's good PR. Um. Yeah. I think this is a cool story. I mean, I. I think it's a great
1: story. I love. I would love it if that happened to me. You have to. Funny thing
3: is, you'd yeah. never know.
1: You probably would not
3: know. Well, if
1: if I'm drinking wine that's two hundred sixty dollars, you're probably with. I'm already like, whoa.
3: I mean, how much do you know about wine? Do you know? Are you a knowledgeable wine drinker?
1: No, I'm a I'm a moderate. No, I'm a I'm a what's intermediate?
3: Let's say. Wine experts will tell you that no one, there's no quality once you get over a certain level. You're not talking about difference in quality anymore. It's just rarity. Yes. But, unless you were with a real pro, I don't think I would be able to spot it. Like Unless it comes over and it's super dusty, and I'm like, that's too dusty. (laughs) Too,
1: way too dusty.
3: (laughs) To the Hawksmore and the customer. Good for you guys. Double win. Well, except for the restaurant. They're out a bunch of money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're out, yeah, $4,000.
3: Do you think they were just crying while sending out that tweet? Like, I'm going to fucking kill them.
1: (laughs) We're really not going to make rent this month. Chin up. I mean, if they have that kind of wine list, I bet people are spending bank on wine there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not that big a deal for them.
3: And it's way less fun that it went to a table already doing a really expensive bottle.
1: It. I don't know. It makes it... More realistic to me,
3: and maybe they'd appreciate. Like they it.
1: don't store the four thousand stuff next to the forty dollars <laughs> stuff. To the yellowtail. <laughs> yeah, like they're already in. <laughs> ah, I meant to go pour a <laughs>
3: Diet Pepsi out of the soda gun and accidentally
1: grabbed a Dom Perignon. Yeah, they're in like the locked cellar already. It's just someone <laughs> miscategorized it.
3: Oh man!
1: I wonder if someone at the table like secretly was like. Oh my god!
3: <laughs> <laughs> you think? Well, they were just well, I guess watching
1: if they them. Noticed, they, well, that's they, actually they're really funny thing. Imagine like, someone really new. Yeah, like just, when they present the bottle, and you're like,
3: huh, Yes, that's the that's one. That's the one. I don't think I could do that. No,
1: you couldn't get away with
3: it. I could. I mean, it's irrelevant. I would feel too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy knowing that I yeah. gouged the restaurant for that much money. Yeah, same. And I would Unless ner- they like made me wait half an hour for my <laughs> fucking table or some okay. shit.
1: Though. I would always be nervous that they would want me to pay more or something. Even though obviously
3: What in what world do you think they'd come over and be like, hey, we've had a little <laughs> incident make
1: you actually owe us four thousand dollars.
3: Well do you think there's any no restaurant would ever do that. No I do you think that is hey would you mind paying five hundred? You. Would you mind paying five hundred for <laughs> Could it? You just throw it like <laughs>
1: everybody at the table just throw an extra hundred bucks. That would really go a long way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool.
0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, so Daniel, there's a very exciting group of restaurants and bars opening in New York. Uh, They're at the airport. (laughs) So we brought in Serena Dye to tell us all about them. Welcome to the show, Serena. Hello, Hello, hello. Not just
3: any airport. JFK, JFK (laughs) JFK
2: (laughs) airport,
1: (laughs) JFK airport. I will say What is the TWA hotel and what is inside of it?
2: Yes, the TWA hotel is this defunct TWA terminal. Was out of service for a long time, but. It is very cool looking. Uh, imagine the Jetsons, and that's kind of that in real life. Um, so, it, they did this huge, expensive renovation of it, mm-hmm. and it just reopened, and they packed it with all these amenities. There is a restaurant that Jean George slapped his name on, mm-hmm. uh, and then there is a literal bar inside of a historic airplane. So, you mm. walk into this tiny little airplane and, and can get a bevy. Um, There's a uh, (laughs) sunken lounge, so kind of like the old style living room, sunken type things. Except it's within the terminal, you kind of get a view of the airplane and also the like JetBlue terminal. Uh, But it's it's cool. It's the JetBlue uh,
3: terminal that you can see from there.
2: Yes, it's the closest. So you can't actually you don't actually fly out of this particular. Thing and then there's right. a hotel attached, and there's a bar within that second lounge as well. There's um, so TWA uh, airline people used to be really known for the things they wear. There's a lot of high fashion people made their uh, made their outfits, and so there's a little museum where you can see all the outfits, and that's yeah. real cute. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so there's all these different things, a uh, couple different restaurants, there's a little coffee bar, there's a mini little food hall. So, you know, when you go into an airport and um, there's all, like, the check-in thing, so it's much, much smaller because it was, it's old. Uh, but the, instead of going to check-in, they have little food stands, so you can get, like, a Fresh & Co... Yogurt bowl. You can get halal guys for like thirteen dollars, approximately twice what you pay for it mm. outside. But mm. it's, there. it's mm. <laughs> All very exciting. Um, yeah. So that's 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 what it is. It's kind. Oh, and there's also because there's a hotel. Um, you know, you can book a room. Uh, they're crazily going for two hundred percent occupancy because they are. Uh, booking out rooms for four-hour periods during the day. And then uh, starting this weekend, they will have a rooftop pool with an infinity pool, which is just in line with the 60s. It's kind of the era of the architecture. And it'll have a a sweeping view of the runways. If you really love planes, you can watch planes take off.
1: Yeah, I think there there are three, three different vectors of obsessives who might be into this. First, it's just people who like weird restaurant projects. Second, it's architecture buffs because this is a terminal that was like Aero Saarinen's masterpiece. And it was built in the 60s and represents a certain type of architecture. It was preserved and you know rebuilt by preservationists and these fancy architects. And then you just have like airplane buffs who just want to rent the room for four hours maybe and watch planes take off. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Um, I mean, when I was, so I I went, I happened to be, JFK for people who don't live in New York, it's like not that easy to get to, I would say. (laughs) No, it's like, it sucks. Yeah,
1: it's pretty far. I guess unless you're in, you live in certain neighborhoods of Queens.
2: Yeah, unless you literally live in neighborhoods right around it in Queens, it's, it's difficult to get there. Um, like your MTA card doesn't go, for, you have to pay extra to, to do it. Anyway, the only reason I was there is because I, I had to go down to the Rockaways and we passed by JFK on the way there. I'm like, oh, it's so close. I'll go. And then even once I was on the Rockaways, which is actually literally right beside JFK, it still took me half an hour <laughs> to get there in a car that was and without traffic. So that was kind of wild. But I did go. Um, what was, was the scene? It was cute. I thought it was pretty cute. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was. It it definitely had its charms. I think it was really early, so it just opened. So the service issues were definitely working out some kinks there. Um, But uh, when I was there, it was a weekend, so um, it wasn't super crowded or anything. But there was this whole group of people who had literally dressed up in period. Dress so I like love and that. yeah, it was. Love they that. were hearing. They were having the best time. You know, they had their like AV their night sunglasses. Of their lives. Yeah, they had their cute little suitcases, and they like had former a TWA. TWA
1: flight attendants.
2: Not even. They were very. They are very young. So oh. I think. I think they were just going for it. Cool. They were like, let's just have this. Drag campy day out at TWA um, and get drunk and I don't know what else they were gonna do. It's a good but... thing you saw
3: them in the morning because at night their you know their suits were gonna be like all unbuttoned and disheveled and just
2: like <laughs> <laughs> super period. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was I, it was kind of charming. I mean I like a place where. The servers dress up in costume. (laughs) I'm kind of into it. And in a way where it doesn't feel super cheesy. So, in the airplane, the Connie, um, so you can book reservations for it. I did not have a reservation. It's called Connie. It's called Connie. I believe it was the first plane to do a transnational flight or Mm -hmm. something. That specific plane. That specific plane. Wow. So, I think a true airplane buff would be psyched to see it. Cool. Um, yeah. And so, they have the original seats in there, too. So, I mean, everyone's seen an airplane seat now, even if you're just looking at the picture, it's pretty basic, uh, very utilitarian. But mm-hmm. these kind of had this plaid on there and they're brown. They're very chic seats, I think, from an era when riding an airplane was a thing of an luxury, event. an event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would. So we got there and uh, we had to. They they're very nice and said, "Can you? You know, there's a wait list. Do you mind waiting like 20 minutes?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so it's kind of outside of the actual terminal because it's it has to, it's a plane, so it is actually out there. Um, and you walk over there like you would if you were old school walking to the airplane instead of through a terminal outside to it. Um, but then by the time we got back inside, we got an. A, text saying your seat's ready so it actually didn't take that long we ended up waiting like 15 minutes for someone to take our drink order so we we, mm. we just we just laughed so we we're like we'll just
3: you did not get a drink on the, on
2: the plane we <laughs> left? I, 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 I ended <laughs> leaving
3: well we can just get a drink somewhere else and it kind of got the vibe already it's, it's gonna take forever small. what elements of this are things that you would like revisit and what elements are just like fun for one time kind of kitschy like yeah. you would never go back to the plane right I
2: would never go back on purpose if I weren't taking a flight <laughs> right. I think. I think it's a really really awesome But amenity. even if you were
1: taking flight you have to get on the air train and like go back out there. Like would you go get another drink before your next flight out of JFK? Ah! I- I think I would maybe go check out the rooftop pool because that's mm-hmm. a thing I haven't
2: seen, and I I don't have that much access to infinity pools, so that could be who does kind of
3: fun these days.
2: I don't think. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you know, know anybody. <laughs> you you are more likely to know someone than me. I think
3: infinity pool access.
1: Yeah. Also, can you talk about how interested people are in this? Because I found it very fascinating, but I was surprised to hear that so many other people did too.
2: Yeah, I, uh, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Obviously, it's been going on for a long time, but when we ran the stories, people are obsessed. Every single story we ran on it, people mm-hmm. were asking about it. And when it opened, I haven't had so many people who don't live in New York ask me about an opening before. Um, I was like, oh, I guess you're reading the site. Cool, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, Amy from Curbs said the same thing, where every time they've written about it, people go nuts. I think you're right, Like this vector of architecture geeks and also um, I mean, the, the people running the drinks too are pretty well known Gerber Group. They have yeah, they're real, like
1: club club types, right?
2: Yeah, they they run really well known. It's kind of sceny places, mm-hmm. uh, kind of rooftopy. You know, downtown New York, going out for the night. Uh, the drink I had was pretty good, too. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. you know? I it's so you went and
1: got a drink. You left the plane.
2: Yeah, I had a drink at the Sunken, at the lounge. sunken lounge. Yeah, okay. which was which was nice. I mean, you can see the clock, and then they have all these like flippity floppity the the tracker type mm. thing oh, like cool. very old school <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I find those very charming I like oh, that. they're very they're, 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 they're extremely lonely. charming there and then they have some a couple greeters in the top in the hallway with like their pilot, you know, pilot uniform. and I, I love costumes. Do they do
0: shit? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't gathered that So many that people yet. will
1: like this for <laughs> so many different reasons. Yeah,
2: but a lot of people were, people were really, really obsessed with it and I think the idea that it's this historic place and when, typically when, I think in New York when you see, hear about a historic architecture you want to go, it's, it's very, um, you know, ornate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just from a completely different era. Um, you don't really think of it as mid century as much. Right. Um, you, you know, it's like the grill. When people say it's a landmark space, you go to the grill and it, it feels very, uh, very luxurious and very old school. Where um, TWA, it's 100% like out of the Jetsons. It feels super an old school idea of what modernity is, mm-hmm. which um, it's, is, is interesting.
3: Futurismo or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I will say our coworker, Matt,
1: went and like actually had a meal there and said it was awful. <laughs> yeah, he had a terrible time. It's so It was so funny hearing him come in and being like, oh, I went to TWA and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it so funny that he went, too, because I feel like he- It goes the, to show everyone wants to see this thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, uh, but it's an airport uh, like food operator runs that hotel. So John yeah. Verge's name is literally just slapped on. But I think it's worth going for a drink and, and kind of seeing it for its charms. Um, I, I you definitely have to be excited and interested about it already. You can't go in expecting to have your mind blown at every corner. Yeah, it's
1: just you have to come in as like interested in in seeing it. So- yeah, I think that's a good warning to the listeners. like co- go with an open mind, go in wanting to love the building. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't go in hoping for like a great meal.
3: Thank you very much, Serena Die. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. <laughs> So, Daniel, with this new show format, we decided to pick a reader email every week. This woman named Paige.
2: Hi, Hi, Paige. Paige.
1: (laughs) Uh, She has this restaurant that she loves in her town, Knoxville, Tennessee, and she goes there all the time. It's the best. She usually gets seated at one of the two breakfast bars. She reads a book. She goes by herself. Sounds lovely. Uh, This time she goes... And the hostess seats her at a table, a communal table, with two other couples having brunch. I don't understand. Are they the couples having brunch separately? She says two other couples having brunch together.
3: Yeah, together. No, no, no. So no, 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 no. they're together. This was a, it Must have been a six-person table, I'm guessing.
1: With like a foursome, and then they put her at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh no no no! Look. Not only am I seated with these random people, she makes one of them move so I can sit in the middle of the couples instead of at the end of the table. <laughs> I sit down in awkward silence for 2 minutes. The couples clearly have no idea what is going on. Crazy. And then she Well, excuses. hold on. Let's let's
3: yeah. let's pause. Let's pause. pause. Let's pause cuz let's deal with this first. Uh this is an insane first like first time hosting move. Uh I, I can't. Um, this is just mortifying. Or
1: long time host like ready to get out of there.
3: Be like, I just sit the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
1: just like I'm done with this career, with this job. I'm I'm moving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit people in crazy places today because yep. I'm so bored and tired of
3: this job. <laughs> Here's, I mean, I've truly never thought about this. Like let's say you're. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take what she said, but I'm saying, like, let's say, let's say you're four top, ta- you're four, a party of four mm-hmm. at a large, ta- a table large enough to, 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 you know, uh, to seat another person. Mm hmm. And then just as the host you just put another person there without really any preamble, not like because here's how you would have to do it. Let's say the restaurant was so slammed. You can pull it off and you can be like, Listen, we're so busy. This woman's irregular. She just wants us like she's just gonna sit and read her book yeah. and whatever. Like, At the
1: end of your table.
3: At the end. <laughs> not not w- between wedge you guys. them in the middle. Uh all I'm saying is, you know, hosts can hosts have some flexibility. Yeah, if everybody is
1: on board with the plan, if you're doing something unconventional, Mm -hmm. everybody's got to be signed on for that. Especially if she's a regular, she's usually getting a normal table. And then all of a sudden she's like in between this foursome.
3: (laughs) Here's where this gets good, though. Uh, Paige, the story turns from them doing something weird to her doing something (laughs) weird.
1: I would do the same thing that she does.
3: Okay, so what she does is she says she sat there for like two minutes mortified, (laughs) yeah, and then just ghosts.
1: No, she says, I have to take a phone call. Oh, here we go. She says, I have to take a phone call. (laughs) Gets up.
3: With no pretense of even getting out my phone. No,
1: gets up, walks away, leaves the restaurant.
3: She doesn't think she can go back anymore because she doesn't trust them not to do that again.
1: Well, what you could do, Paige, is just tell them, like, uh, if they try to do that, to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to sit at that table. Can I have a real table?
3: Sometimes you're so hungry, and it's like you have your breakfast thing set in your mind, mm-hmm. and it's like you're, you're, if you're following, you're a lamb following a shepherd.
1: Yes. But this reminds me of Hilary Dexter Canavan's piece this week on Eater, The Move, mm. which was she was recommending always ask for a better table if you want a better table. And it's a good reminder that, like, you can always ask. It doesn't hurt to ask if you're being polite. We did this, my friends and I did this last night at Via Carota.
3: And what did you guys do?
1: We were sat at a communal table, yeah. which, ugh, uh, in the middle of the communal table. You don't like meeting anyone? Uh, no. <laughs> do
3: you? Oh, yes, you do, you do. What do you, you think? Like, no, love I love communal I tables. I love a communal <laughs> table. No, I don't so like I mean, it. It depends <laughs> on my mood. I'm just saying, I don't mind. People have this whole anti communal table thing. I think you can sit next to someone and you don't have to engage them. Yeah, yeah, no. There I are don't, restaurants I don't. in New York where you're sitting, your table is so close to other people's. Might tables, as well be communal. It's effectively communal. Yeah.
1: So we're at the communal table. It's like a 10-person communal table. Mm-hmm. We're three seats in the middle. Mm. And then the people at the end get up and we scooch down.
3: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Did anyone talk to you guys?
1: The person next <laughs> to me. <laughs> she asked. About the salad we were eating, which is fine and could have happened in any seating scenario. Yeah. When you're close to someone.
3: Were you nervous? But it wasn't annoying. Were you I, nervous? No,
1: I wasn't like, oh God, is this gonna open like up she a whole was thing? Her way she in. was just like, that looks good. What is it?
3: I mean, I've told you, I just think people should share food more.
1: Yeah, no. Again, I'm not on the <laughs> same page. And she was not trying to do that. But if you were in that position, you'd be like, have a boy.
3: Here's it. But yeah. <laughs> well, if, if I was in your position, yeah. for sure. What if you were at a restaurant? It was great. You tried some of the things, and the person next to you had you exchanged a couple, uh, you know, a couple lines, whatever. Uh-huh. So there had been some rapport, mm-hmm. and they had something you were interested in trying. Let's say it's me, and you don't know me, and I'm like, you know, you want? Oh, I'm not going. I'm told. I just ordered this to try it. I was c- super curious. I'm not going to eat all the, all of this gnocchi. Can I offer you a piece? No. You couldn't? You would never? Never. You would never. I would,
1: would never. never. Are you cr- Why? It's so practical. <laughs> I would never. You would
3: never. I would
1: never what if eat it was, off a
3: stranger's plate. What if there, what, okay, I'm not, I haven't had a lot. Unless lob.
1: I'm at some event where that's the, what you're doing. What does you're it matter? Passing, what you, you're okay. passing a thing. Like. What
3: if it's, uh, what are those called? Lobster spoons? You remember, you know those like China spoons? The Sure. You know those things, right? The, kind of. The spoons that they put like a little thing in and they pass them around yeah, yeah. at swanky-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah cocktail parties like 15 years ago. That's when I was hitting my cocktail parties. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, oh God, I hate that I've- You're saying, down. what I, if there I,
1: are individual portions and yeah, like no germs? Yeah, thank you for cleaning up
3: my mess here. I'm saying, what if a plate is very, very portioned? Like, is that what's stopping I would, you?
1: No, I would still say, no, thank you. All right, you. let's do it.
3: Okay. I'm sorry, I hate that I was eavesdropping, but I heard you talking to your companion that you uh, love the food and you wished you tried the- I don't know the tortellini or something. I, I I'm just here on my own. I'm you know I just wanted to try a few things, and uh, I'm definitely not going to finish. Can I do? You should try one, honestly. I if, because because if if I were in you know if the roles were reversed and you offered me one, I'd be I'd be so ecstatic. And are I, you
1: still talking to me? I don't know you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's not what you would do. That is what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Take it serious. I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's not true. You would be like, oh, yeah, sorry. We're just talking about my mother-in-law or something like that. What would you say? You would not like, say, like, I don't no. know you. No. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank well, you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, but no, thank you. What's your name? I'm good. I'm actually full. <laughs> like, I ordered. We ordered like, i ordered, just ordered, heard so. you
3: talking about how badly you want
1: tortellini. <laughs> I really, I really don't though. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. Have you read Sally Rooney? <laughs>
1: You're like, please don't talk about sex
3: books with me. <laughs> <laughs> I Stranger. Celebr- is it a sex book? Okay. I've made this so weird. How weird was my whole like 30 second thing. What do you mean? When I was like, ah, just if the roles were reversed. <laughs> I hope you're not talking to strangers at restaurants like that. No. I would just be like, Hey, I I got this. You want to- now I'm never gonna do this again, okay? No, everybody's different. I'm not saying this is the way people should be. I'm
1: just saying this is the way I am. <laughs> I have a friend, Danielle, who's always sharing with people. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. But really? she loves it.
3: Why does it make you uncomfortable? The same
1: thing. I'm just like, oh, let's not, let's have our own thing.
3: I think if if this happened to me, if Paige's thing happened to me, I would either force myself to just do it. Or I would immediately say to the person, "What do you? What do you? Why are you sending me here? Like we didn't <laughs> talk about this at all. This was not. Yeah. Part, this isn't part of the deal. Like I put my name on the list. Yeah, I'll uh, wait. Actually, that's not how I would do it. I would be like, "Hey, uh, I'd probably rather. I. I don't mind waiting a little more, but could you seat me at a at my own table or like at the bar? Like how long is that going to be? Yeah, that's what I do. Um, it's not that. I. It's not that hard to ask. You know, just ask for everything. Uh, but, boof, this sucks for Page. I.
1: Well, I would say she should go back to her favorite place.
3: She should go back and not give a shit.
1: And if someone tries to see her in a weird situation, just be like, no.
3: They're never. Gonna, I don't think they'll ever do it again. It seems like this was a one-time thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Unless it's a new policy.
3: To just shove, Pe- throw people everywhere. Throw them. chaos.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Eater Upsell. Uh, I just want to say, for the record, I do like birds. <laughs> <laughs> So please don't send me angry notes. Lovebirds really upset that so Why many don't are you dying. remind
3: the people that I said it's ridiculous to give your pets CBD and then See, um,
1: Daniel wants to drug your pets.
3: Nope. I I thought it was lazy pet ownership to do that, but uh, I was wrong. Right. And I received a bunch of emails telling me how wrong I was and I now have come full circle I think it's important to give your pet the best life if possibly <laughs> All possibly right, maybe can. I'll, I'll
1: also be a new person next week uh, thank you for <laughs> listening if you have any notes for us it's upsell at eater.com uh, I'm Amanda Clute. my co-host is Daniel Janine we are the Vox Media Podcast Studios oh, yeah, part of the yeah, Vox Media Podcast Network wow what else um, that's all
3: thanks to Great Jones and ZipRecruiter
1: thank you Great Jones and ZipRecruiter